0: listening to sermons as we go about our days driving around or doing our work is a perfect reminder of our lord's promises and of his mercies this is the mission of upper room media to make the word of god accessible to anybody and everybody in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit one god amen glory to the father to the son to the holy spirit both now and ever and to the ages of ages amen good morning Our meditation this morning is entitled, Lord, Teach Us to Pray. And it's being inspired from today's gospel reading, from Gospel of Luke, chapter 11, that reads, Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place, when he seized that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. We're living in uncertain times. So many parents and individuals and families are concerned about what's happening in our community, in our society, and in our country. So many new ideologies are being introduced and not just given as a matter of perspective, but being shoved down people's throats. And if people don't follow suit and they're not following in in that kind of path, they are accused of being bigots and intolerant and hateful towards other people. There's a lot of confusion. And many people are sensing that it's a new wave of persecution towards conservative ideologies, towards planning... And living under God's rule and guides. And it's going to a bit of an extreme. And so many people are asking, what can we do or what should we do? And uh, there are some people, of course, who want to do a lot. Some people who want to advocate and speak out. Some people, depending on our personality type, want to take action and shake the world. And uh, for some people, this is a reality and a necessity. But what's important for us as a church and as a community to do first and foremost before taking any step, so that when we actually have any kind of action towards challenges that are happening, happening in the society, in the community, and in the world, there has to be a groundedness in prayer. Because without prayer, without receiving guidance from the Holy Spirit of God, then any action that we do, any word we speak, will just be dependent on human wisdom. And human wisdom could fault, could falter, could make mistakes, and could cause further damage rather than healing. Therefore, what distinguishes a Christian community from any other advocate seek communities in the world is that we are grounded in prayer and are led by the Holy Spirit of God and I felt that the Spirit of God is leading each and every one of us today through the gospel reading and through the season that we are in because June is the season of the gift of the Holy Spirit receiving the Holy Spirit being empowered by the Spirit of God to guide us in any direction and before we take a step forward before we make any moves we need to go back to god and ask him lord what is your will in today's gospel we see a beautiful message that our lord jesus modeled for the disciples prayer before they asked him lord teach us to pray they saw him praying it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place that his disciples came to him and said to him lord teach us to pray So, what is this word prayer? What does it mean, anyways? And, you know, it's a theological question. You know, why did Jesus have to pray? But as a matter of fact, we we know in the the liturgy, we always say, ap prosafkistosite. Okay, this is from the Greek proskomen. Okay, prosafkistomen. This is the verb, which means to pray, to plead, or in its simplest form, to draw closer to to reach out to, to connect with God. So when we speak about prayer, of course, for us, when we are praying to God, we are pleading with God. We are um, asking God and, and connecting with him. But of course, with Christ, he is connecting with the Father. It's not that the Father is higher than the Son. We know that, you know, the Holy Trinity is one. So when Jesus wanted to connect with the Father, It means that he was aligning his will with the Father. And we know already, of course, that the Father and the Son and the Spirit are one. But this alignment, this connection is necessary for us to understand a triune God. And in him praying, he modeled for us the necessity also also to be plugged in, to connect with, to approach, to reach out to the Father and the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And when the disciples saw that Jesus made that initiative to connect with the Father, they also were jealous. They wanted to connect. They saw the power in Jesus as he was the Father. They wanted to do the same as well. And they asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. So what is it about prayer that we need to discuss today? And I know that... You know, from our Sunday school days and from our childhood, you know, the answer to any question is pray, the first thing. So what do we do now? Pray. But quite often we um, are left with a vacuum or a gap on how to pray and why do we need to pray? And what is the necessity to pray and what is the power that we receive in prayer? How do we actually practice prayer? And there isn't enough time, of course, to go through all of these things, but I really want to discuss the three main parts about approaching prayer as our Lord Jesus taught his disciples. What is prayer? What are the types of prayer? And how do we actually practice prayer? Let me begin by saying that our Lord Jesus today spoke with his disciples as he taught them to pray. He gave them the Lord's Prayer. And this has become the traditional type of prayer that is said and recited by all believers for so many generations and centuries going back to what is called the Lord's Prayer. Speaking to the Father and addressing him as a parent, our Father, he said to them, when you pray, say our Father. And this is the first dimension of prayer for us to understand that no longer is God calling us servants or slaves. But he longs to have a relationship with his children as a parent does and as a father does. And specifically in this passage, we find that our Lord Jesus focuses on the father's kind of giving to his children, which one of one's biological children asks for a good gift. And the parent, the biological parent, gives them a serpent or a scorpion or something to poison them or to harm them. So our Lord wanted to bring in this ideology that when we reach out to God now, unlike the ideology in the old Testament, where they saw God as a master who punishes, now we call him father, which means that he is a giver of all kinds of gifts that are given to us. Our father who art in heaven means that he is much greater than an earthly father. An earthly father may err, may make mistakes, But when we consider the love of the Heavenly Father, we cannot stumble by the mistakes we make as biological or earthly fathers because we do hurt our children sometimes. We make bad mistakes. As for the Father's love, it's pure and it's perfect. Your kingdom come means, Lord, teach us through prayer that we long for what is heavenly and not only for what is earthly. We want your will that is practiced in heaven to be the guideline for my life. Not only do I, am I led by the temporal or by the earthly, but lead my eyes to look up to you, to gaze up to you, you, our Father who is in heaven. Many of the early church fathers and theologians spoke about prayer that it is a school because the disciples said, Lord, teach us. And when we are in the spirit to be taught, to be educated, to learn, Our Lord opens up our eyes to the heavenly, to the eternal, not only the temporal. St. John Chrysostom said, prayer is the place of refuge for every worry, a foundation for cheerfulness, a source of constant happiness, a protection against sadness. While also St. John Climacus said, a servant of the Lord is he who in body stands before men but in mind knocks at heaven with prayer. And finally, St. Augustine said, O Lord, our hearts are restless in this world until they find rest in you. Prayer preserves temperance, suppresses anger, restrains pride and envy, draws down the Holy Spirit into the soul and raises humans to heaven as St. Ephraim the Syrian has said thus we can understand that prayer is the foundation of every spiritual practice we cannot call ourselves Christian unless we have a living relationship with God Almighty but this relationship has to be led by the Holy Spirit of God it's very easy to say that I am a practicing Christian but unless I have an active life of prayer This life is going to be very dry. And this faith is going to be very dry. It's going to be all about rules and do's and don'ts and crossing out things and guilt feeling. But when my Christian living is anointed with the spirit of God, is led by the Holy Spirit of God, because after all, God is a spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Then I will start to feel how god relates to me in prayer let me be very honest with you in a postmodern world it's very difficult for us to pray because we have trained our mind to work with logic with understanding and this is important and prayer sometimes goes against logic because people don't know you know i don't see god you know when i'm in in my room, and if I'm praying, you know, are my prayers hitting the ceiling and bouncing back? Are they reaching far beyond that? What is really prayer? And prayer, again, is more about the relationship. It's presenting myself in His presence and trusting in Him. Because faith is all about trust in a living God who hears and who understands. Many of you would know that um, I had a health... Emergency earlier, you know this year and honestly I felt everyone's prayers I knew that people were praying for me to kind of raise me from uh, you know a risky situation That could have easily taken my life and I knew I was backed up with you know So many people's prayers and it made a huge difference There's a prayer that supports one another intercedes for one another and this takes us to the whole concept of praying in the spirit in the book of Revelations, St. John, the divine, um, in the first chapter and verse 10, he said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet. But that whole concept of being in the spirit is switching from only being someone who is intellectual and someone who is very logical and in everything into saying, Lord, now I want a few times just to be in the spirit, to be in your presence and not to shut down my intellect, not to shut down my logic and my mind, but to say that the spirit is now going to take over. My faith is now going to take over as I reach out to you, as I stand before you to pray for others, to pray for peace in the world, to pray for real change that would happen first and foremost to myself, but also to my family members and to my friends. David, the prophet, who was extremely busy in his life and in his responsibilities, said in Psalm uh, 109, In turn, for my love, they are my accusers. So many people were complaining against him, but I give myself to prayer. What he was saying is that I am all devoted to prayer. Not only seven times a day. Not only because what I have to do or I don't have to do. Because in some religions, you know, it's, it's a must. These are the pillars. If you don't do these prayers, whether you are in the spirit or the right stand of mind or not, you just have to follow through with these prayers and recite a few things. It's not about that. In Christianity, it's all about being in the spirit. Standing before God in full trust and saying, Lord, I fully... With my own free will, surrender my heart to you, my life to you, my understanding to you, and let you carry over, take the wheel. You be in the driver's seat, Lord, because this is what prayer is, is full submission and full trust in a loving God. The church presents for us many different types of prayers that could benefit us and help us to advance spiritually. First and foremost, the liturgical prayer of the church is so beautiful and encompasses every type of any other prayers. The liturgical prayer presents for us a faith that is founded on centuries of um, um, understanding of theologians, of councils, and presented to us the true biblical faith of the church. So prayer in a divine liturgy is first and foremost theological. Because unless we have the right foundation, the entire building can collapse. So it assures us in things like when we recite the, um, the creed together audibly and loudly, we believe in one God. It's not just I believe, but we believe, all of us together. It sets for us a beautiful foundation to understand that this is the one true faith that has been passed down for centuries and centuries. Also, in the liturgical prayer, we experience union and communion with other believers because prayer is not only one practice or one individual who is practicing their faith, but it's a communal prayer. And there's so many examples in the scriptures about all of us coming together and shaking the foundation of this universe. We have at our fingertips the Almighty God, the creator of the universe, He is there waiting for us, extending his arms and asking us to ask and to seek. As he said in today's gospel, present your knowledge. Let them be made known to God. Speak with him as a father. He is waiting for us to um, express our prayers to him. He is always available. His availability is always, you know, there for us. We don't need to take an appointment, maybe with, with some people in high positions you need to think ahead and plan ahead and but God is as near to us as just kneeling down and reaching out to him and raising our heart and our eyes up to heaven he's closer to us than our own shadows he loves us more dearly than anyone that we have in our lives lord teach us to pray There's so many other types of prayers that the liturgical prayer presents to us. The Holy Communion and the Eucharist in itself. We are becoming united and one with Christ. And please do not separate yourself from the Eucharist. Try to participate and get ready. Let's, you know, enjoy the sacraments of the church. Because these in themselves are a type of prayer. The sacrament of confession and repentance. The sacrament of partaking of the Holy Eucharist. It's a beautiful practice that all of us can continue reaching out to the Almighty God and being united through Him in in partaking of the Holy Communion. Prayer also is a matter of faith. St. James would speak about if anyone is going through a hardship, let them pray. And if if anyone is uh, sick, Bring the church and bring the clergy and let them anoint them with the holy oil. And this prayer of faith is definitely going to make a difference. And he said that prayer of faith that is offered to God will make the sick person well and the Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven and therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for one another. There's a prayer of intercession where people look for others who are going through hardships and uh, through uh, difficulties, sickness, illness, financial uh, problems, challenges with the faith, and lifting them up in prayer, coming together as a community and lifting one another in prayer, it makes a difference. I know now the practice of faith has become all about action, about social change, but we must keep that balance between the action side of, of our faith and our advocacy, but being grounded in prayer, submitting it all before God. This is what the disciples asked, and this is what our Lord Jesus has given to them today. We pray for the hierarchs. We pray for the peace of the church. We pray for our country during these turbulent times, that the Lord would truly strengthen those who are in power and those who are in position, to make wise decisions that would benefit everyone, not just one um, group over the other, but to give peace and tranquility to the whole land as we pray for our country during these turbulent days. My dear friends, we need to come together in prayer. Prayer starts individually. And I can assure you, and I know this because, you know, many parents would come and say, you know, I'm asking my children to pray and I hardly see them pray and I want them to come to church and they don't want to come to church and We have to understand that the next generation may express or experience prayer in a different way Maybe than the parents generation sometimes Many people just like to go into their rooms and offer God a simple prayer a prayer of the heart My Lord Jesus Christ son of God have mercy on me a sinner the prayer of the publican who stood before God and confessed his weakness. Maybe they will not, you know, uh, show their prayer in front of everyone. But it's very important that each one of us models prayer. As Jesus did today, it came to pass. He was praying in a certain place. And then when he seized, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. So it comes in a form of modeling. And I I remember my grandma, God rest her soul. Both of my grandmas, um, you know, just... Prayer was all that they did in their rooms, their Bible beside them, the Akbaya beside them, the prayer of the hours, the uh, liturgy is praying and and playing, um, sermons are praying and are playing all the time. Just their whole life was engulfed in prayer. And they never told us when we were children, Come and sit beside me and I'm going to teach you how to pray, how to read your Bible, or how to open the Or No, it's just modeling the Christian life. And I think this is what we need today more than ever is for parents to commit and to families to commit. They say, of course, the famous saying, the family that prays together stays together. It comes through modeling. And if there is resistance, just keep doing what you're doing. It will come through. But prayer is not an order. It's not a command that you give people because You know, when you push too much, it pushes them away. Church is not a punishment, you know. Unless you go with me to church, you know, we're not going to do such and such activity. It means that, you know, I'm taking away their electronics time or their iPad time or preventing them from going out with their friends. Prayer comes through experience. When I know that my prayers are answered and there is power in prayer, the God who moves this universe is waiting to listen to me. He's waiting to hear my words. He's waiting and extending his hands to build a personal relationship with him. It's not about punishment. And I believe that once we come together individually as families and corporate as a church for prayer meetings, for lifting up our hearts to God on a constant basis, God will hear our prayers. Thankfully, this community has come through a lot of persecution. We have a lot of history of being persecuted for whatever reasons we heard in today's Senexarium how many of the saints you know believed in their faith and we stood and were willing to die for the sake of this faith and they didn't wave away from confessing their faith and I feel and I know that there's a new wave of persecution maybe a different kind that will need a different response from us as, as a community. As, you know, the world sways away from traditional Christian beliefs, from teaching the gospel, from preventing people to pray, maybe in public places or or schools, forcing children, you know, with certain teachings that goes against what the scripture teaches. So it needs a response. But please, as we mentioned today, before we move anywhere, we must pause and pray. And ask God for his will and to be led by the Holy Spirit of God so that we attain wisdom from above, that heavenly wisdom, not only earthly, demonic wisdom, but heavenly wisdom. This comes through spiritual maturity and knowing and understanding what God's will is. My dear friends, the call in today's gospel as the disciples went to Jesus and told him, Lord, teach us to pray. The response of the entire community has to be, as David the prophet said in Psalm 109, I will devote myself completely to prayer. Before parting away from Jerusalem, wait for the promise of the Father, which is the descent of the Holy Spirit. May God always lead us to be a spiritual community, a prayerful community, a wise community, and a community that always seeks God's will. And glory be to God forever and ever.